What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another live edition of Midday with Trey and BK. It is Thursday, August 17th, 20 and 23, and we are taking you all the way until 1 o'clock. We've got a loaded show today, plenty of Longhorn football conversation as ESPN has released its preseason All-America team. Did any Longhorns make the cut? We'll answer that question. Plus, some talk about NIL and some of the changes coming to that in college sports. We'll also have Where Are We At in Society at the end of the show. And a woman battling a terminal illness has a dying wish from her husband. We'll debate whether or not this wish is kosher and if her husband should acquiesce to her final request. It's going to make for some fun conversation for sure. Trey Elling, how are you today, my brother? Doing very well, BK, and even though I was apparently tagged uh, with that last story that you mentioned, I have not seen the details just yet, and you told me not to look, too, so apparently there's uh, something big coming down the pike there, but hey, look, it's day two of uh, my summer beginning, as we talked about yesterday. The kids are off at school now, thank God, so uh, I can do what I want, when I want, if I want to walk around the house naked, well, I can't actually do that today because we have... Uh, some folks over doing a deep clean right now, but all options are on the table Monday through Friday with kids no longer in tow. You don't want to pull a George Costanza and sleep with the janitor? No, no. I'm trying to think <laughs> the, and this is going to be so cruel, and I apologize ahead of time. I respect you if you are in uh, one of those lower wage professions out there doing what you can to make ends meet. I'm trying to think as low as I've gone on the professional totem pole in terms of uh, of that back in my single days. Obviously, now I am only sleeping with my wife, much to her dismay that I'm sleeping next to her most nights. But uh, she is in the upper echelon of things. But as far as how low I've gone in that realm, probably Starbucks barista. Mm. How about you? Okay. That's not that bad. Starbucks barista. Now, was she working at Starbucks when you made it happen? Did you just take her to the bathroom real quick and give her a little shift break and take care of your business? <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, gave her a good frothing in the Starbucks bathroom. BK. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I went into the Starbucks. It was right when I moved to Chi-Town. Drink up, of course, because I'm always having to mention my time in Chicago. But I was working a job in Chicago and going to the Starbucks every morning to grab a coffee and she was cute. And so, you know, we had a little bit of flirtation back and forth, got her digits, hooked something up. And while she was a Starbucks barista, she was also a fitness instructor. So whenever I would tell people about her in uh, less embarrassing terms, I would say fitness instructor because that sounds a whole lot better. Right. But yeah. uh, she was a, she was a Starbucks employee and that's that's totally fine, too. Like I just said, if you're doing what you can to make ends meet, good on you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the worst occupation that I've ever slept with. There's probably a better way to word what we're talking about than that. But I don't know, a couple bartenders, but that's not that bad. That's pretty common. That's standard, of, especially if you spend time on Dirty Six. Yeah, a couple of unemployed who call themselves entrepreneurs or content creators, which I guess <laughs> is what I am now. So I can't shit on that industry anymore. That's a scary thought. <laughs> But I don't know, man. Like, I don't do, you know, I feel like a lot of guys just go out to the grocery store or to a place like Starbucks or to the bookstore or to a gym class to go find chicks. Like, that's that's not my move, man. Like, I'm, I'm going to the bars, and sometimes I don't even find out the answer to the what do you do question, and that's fine with me. Honest question here, BK, because I am totally out of this game now. Are people actually meeting in person anymore? I figured everything was happening online or via an app. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the majority of it is happening online or via an app, but I still feel like from time to time there are people finding other people out in person. It's getting rarer by the day. Uh, we're also glued to our phones, and people just hate talking to anybody in real life, so they'll try to do it on their phone as much as they possibly can, but... I still feel like there are some. I still have a couple of buddies who are uh, who are about the in-person process, and I am as well. Like, I'm not an apps guy. It's, I just like the art of picking up. I don't think that'll ever change for me. Yeah, it's as fun as the actual uh, pickup itself once you get there, right? 
Right. Yeah. It uh, feels like an accomplishment, you know, finding a way to, uh, to get a number or get a date or ultimately get her home like that. That's big time. I feel good about that. Putting well, together- I, feel, I, I feel like you are capable of going a little bit lower on the professional totem pole. So I'm going to challenge you. You're moving back to Austin this weekend. I need you to start hooking up with Luby's cafeteria employees or something to, uh, <laughs> to hit a new low point for yourself and uh, your singlehood. That'd be a high point, I think. I love Luby's, man. Now I don't three Jello Life. Are are any Luby's still open these days? I think that one is still open off of um what is that, Steck or Spicewood Springs? Just okay. off of Mopac, north of Far West. Okay. I'll check that one out. I guess Anderson. I just I hope the employee is not as old as the clientele that's in there, because otherwise that's that's gonna be tough for all of us. Loose skin is not a pretty thing. No, it is not. Oh, man. Hey, before we get into the sports conversation, I know you heard it this morning. The big announcement on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Starting on Monday from 1 to 3, Chip and Zay featuring Chip Brown and Zay Collier. Those guys came on with Bucky and I this morning. If you missed it, check out the podcast. You can find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever. We broke the news during the show but uh, I know you're pretty excited about this as well, man. A new show as we uh, continue to make additions to Texas Sports Unfiltered. Hell yes, dude. I mean, I, look, it, maybe it's an embarrassing admission here, but I was listening to that back and forth while I was pumping iron in the gym, Lifetime North today, and uh, I was the crazy person in the gym who was laughing at whatever's going on in their earphones because there was some hilarious back and forth amongst everybody and. As you just mentioned, it is exciting to welcome both of these guys to the channel. I have a very close relationship with Zay. Can't wait to uh, to hear what he and Chip can do together. And uh, maybe Zay and I will uh, try and do something quasi-regular on this channel too. And then everybody knows who Chip Brown is. Uh, he mentioned it, and it's something I always talk to people about because Chip, much like myself and some others who are on this channel, is a bit of a polarizing figure amongst Longhorn fans, but I tell everybody who throws hate Chip's way, always remember this about Chip Brown. Chip Brown is the biggest reason why we're able to get rid of Steve Patterson sooner rather than later. We talked about that this morning, and it is very true, and uh, he's always on top of uh, the best uh, Longhorn news in terms of what's happening behind the scenes. So to have that as part of this channel each and every day and just some of the shenanigans he and Zay are going to get into, I cannot wait to hear what that sounds like. I do have to admit also, BK, while I was at the gym listening to you guys go back and forth in today's 9 o'clock hour, I found myself getting a little bit jealous too because there was a bit of a, I don't know what you call it, maybe an elephant walk happening towards the end of that conversation. A lot of love being passed from man to man. And I, you know, I was jealous. I felt like I was missing out on something there. There was no elephant walk going on. And we're trying to get people to actually watch. Verbal elephant walk. Verbal elephant walk. The love was palpable through my my wireless speakers in my ears. Verbal elephant walk. Yeah, that's not an expression. I don't even know what that means, but I'm not sure I want to know what that means, dude. And I'm just going to reiterate my stance that (laughs) that did not happen today. No elephant walks. Physical, emotional, Mental, verbal, none of that was going on. Uh, and none of that hopefully will be going on on this channel moving forward. I'll, I'll you know, I, I would volunteer, as DJ is saying right now, I'd volunteer to be the uh, the meat in that double decker sandwich there, BK. Just uh, let me know what's going on so I can maybe be the, uh, the fifth wheel next time. Oh, God. Yeah, no, now you're definitely not being notified of what's going on if that's <laughs> what you're trying to bring to the table. No, thank you. <laughs> Oh, man. Excited about them, though. Uh, it starts Monday, 1 to 3. Chip and Zay, we've got it's, more coming. Yeah, it's going to be good. And by the way, breaking news, unfortunately, the Lubies on Steck and Mopac is closed. But there is a Lubies on Slaughter next to Fuddruckers. Very good. Okay, I'll be living down south, so that's a little closer to where I'll be. So I'm fine with that. I'll uh, I'll report back. I might bring in a GoPro and see what i can do in that lubies boy they're gonna have no idea what technology that is in that place my god get some of that baked fish while you're at it do we know what the fish is by the way not fish oh there's no way that's probably true i don't want to know 
Okay, Trey, uh, let's talk some Texas football. We uh, we talked a little bit before the show as we were trying to figure out what we wanted to discuss today. And I brought up this article from ESPN. They released their preseason All-America team, team singular. There's no second team. There's no third team. It's just one team. There's no starters and bench. It's, you know, your typical NFL slash college football rosters worth of players. And no Texas Longhorns made the cut this year. I mean, obviously, Caleb Williams, he's your quarterback. You do have a couple of running backs, Blake Corum and Quinshawn Jenkins made the cut there. Two wide receivers, neither of them from Texas. No offensive linemen, no defensive linemen, no linebackers, no corners. Anywhere you look, you cannot find a single Texas Longhorn on ESPN's preseason All-America team. Does this concern you at all with the goals and expectations that you have for this Texas team in 2023? I think there are two guys who would make sense as All-Americans on the current roster, BK, based on what they are and then also what else exists across college football. Can you guess the two names? Two guys who could slash should be on this list. Who I think you can make a valid argument for. Okay. Uh, Jalen Ford? That is one, yes. Good job there. Okay, should have been the Big 12's defensive player of the year last year. And the other one's on offense. Kelvin Banks? Good call, yeah. Okay. Some people might have said JT Sanders, and look, JT Sanders is awesome. I love that he is a Longhorn for at least one more year, but as long as Brock Bowers is playing college football, there's not another tight end that is going to be considered preseason All-American. Yeah, yeah, there is uh, only one tight end on this list, and it's funny, you know, Phil Steele does release his preseason All-America teams, and he's got four of them. He actually has Jatavion Sanders on his second team All-America squad, so he thinks JT Sanders may be the second best tight end in college football, and maybe you can stake that claim right now, and the hope is by the end of the season, you can definitely stake that claim. But yeah, when, when we're talking about just one tight end in the country, as much as I love JT Sanders, as much as we all love JT Sanders, and as excited as we are for what he's going to do this year, uh, he, he doesn't hold the candle to Brock Bowers right now. Nobody does. And look, there are two other guys on this roster that are projected as future first-round draft picks for the 2024 draft. That would be Quinn Ewers, who, look, we're hopeful that he is a different guy, but he still has a lot to prove, so he's not going to be on this list. And Xavier Worthy, who is coming off of uh, a pretty down sophomore season for this Longhorn program, BK. So there are other dudes who may ultimately qualify, but based on the skins on the wall right now and other people at that position group across college football, there are two dudes you make the argument for first team, JT Sanders does get that second team argument. I agree with Phil Steele on that one. But more than anything else, BK, I'm glad that we don't see any one player on the All-American team for the reason that the chip that needs to be on this Longhorn football team's shoulder, maybe it grows a little bit bigger here. I don't know if the chip went down at all, but when the AP poll gets released and Texas is preseason number 11, the chip's either staying right where it is or maybe it goes down ever so slightly. Oh my gosh, we're the 11th best team in the country. No, we want that chip to grow as much as possible before that week two matchup with Alabama. Okay, I don't hate that theory. Now, I I think this article tells me something I already knew. Texas isn't winning a national championship this year, right? Like if you don't have an All-American caliber player. And Texas does have a couple of All-American caliber players. Like, if things work out, they could actually have a few guys who do end up as All-Americans this year. And I think those names are the same names that you just talked about. But, like, you look at some of the players and some of the schools that are represented on this list. Georgia's got a couple of guys. Bama's got a couple of guys. Michigan's got a couple of guys. Ohio State's got a guy. LSU. I mean, there's your preseason top five right there. And I'm not necessarily saying the national champion is going to come from one of those five schools, but it it sure feels like you need to have an elite, elite player in college football to have a shot to win a national championship. Like, obviously, the last time Texas won a national title, they had elite players all over the field. They had the best player in the country with Vince Young at quarterback. When, excuse me, the last time Texas played for a national title, Colt McCoy set records with his college career. One of the best players in college football, uh, for my money, the best quarterback in the country that year. Doesn't necessarily have to be quarterback, but you have to have just like elite talent. And Texas is obviously close. They're building a great roster. And Sark has this roster in a better place now than it's been in more than a decade 
on the 40 acres. But to really compete and actually not only make the playoff but have a chance to do something once you get there, you have to have players that are in that conversation amongst the best at their positions in the country. And Texas isn't quite there just yet. So I think that there are just to, you know, to what we were just talking about, there are some guys who are in that conversation, but maybe you're right. Maybe there aren't enough just yet, but I feel like people are also very much nationally speaking now in wait and see mode with this Longhorn football program. They see how good this roster is, but uh, too many people have been duped up to this point over the last uh, what, 14 years now, and they're saying to themselves, like, is Texas going to be good this year? There's a good chance of that. The conference is a little bit down, and they have a stacked roster, and it does feel like things are coming together for them, but we're not going to believe it until we see it, and as somebody like you who suffers UTSD, I completely understand that vantage point. Yeah, yeah, and I don't uh, know how many people locally or nationally are picking Texas to actually win the national championship this year. So I don't think I'm breaking news to anybody, but it is interesting. Bucky and I talked about this yesterday. There are a couple of national analysts who are picking Texas to make it to the college football playoff. Now, most of the people who do have Texas in have the Longhorns as a four seed, and they probably assume Texas is going to lose to Georgia or whoever the hell the one seed is going to be. But anybody, oh my God, this goes without saying, anybody would sign up to, sniff the college football playoff but obviously to find your way in yeah I almost don't care what would happen in that game if Texas got there that would just be such a massive step in the right direction that I don't think I or anybody else would be able to complain completely agree Brian Jones is uh, one of those national pundits and while he's maybe a little bit biased because he's a Texas guy he he offers a a pretty level-headed opinion of the Longhorns most years but uh, BJ is a, a part of that list of national pundits who is uh, believing in Texas and look it could happen I heard you and Bucky talking about this this uh, earlier today if Texas loses one game there's a good chance we see them in the college football playoff this year even if that loss is let's say if it's Alabama and then they run the table obviously that bodes very well for Texas but even losing let's say the first game of the conference season at Baylor and then you run the table after that you win the big 12 championship regular season title Then you win the conference championship game. You have one loss at that point, and it was very early in the season, so you could find your way into that final four. Yeah, I mean, there is a 100% chance that if Texas loses only one game this year, they're going to make the playoff. There's no realistic situation that could pop up that would keep Texas out. It's just not going to happen. So, like, that's – look, that's not my goal. My goal is to win the Big 12, all right? Like, I would love to win double-digit games and win the Big 12. Obviously, I'd love to go 11-1, and win the Big 12, make the college football playoff. But for me, like winning the Big 12 is my number one goal. But just the way the playoff has shaped out since the advent of the four-team playoff about a decade ago, if you're you're a one-loss team in a big conference, you're going to get in. Like the The only year that wasn't the case was actually the first year of the CFP when you had Ohio State, Baylor, and TCU all with one loss. Remember that madness? And uh, there was no Big 12 championship game at that time. And the Big 12 schools got left out. And Ohio State got in. They ended up winning the championship that year. But every other year since then, like if you're a one-loss conference champion in a big conference like the Big 12, you're finding your way in. And with the brand that Texas has, there's no doubt in my mind that if they can go 11-1 and this season, regardless of who the loss is to, Houston, Kansas, uh, Wyoming. They could lose to Wyoming and still make it. Because they'd have wins over Bama and they'd run the table in the Big 12. It'd be embarrassing, but they would still make it. So, uh, oh my God, we'd be losing our minds on Texas Sports Unfiltered the uh, Sunday and Monday after that loss. But, like, it's really as simple as that. When you're a big brand and a team in a big conference, you get one loss. You get one mulligan. And outside of that, if you can win all the rest of your games, you're going to make it. Because we've never seen a two-loss team get in either. So, it's it, it really is clear-cut, cut and dry what you need to do to make it to that final four. Yeah. I lost to Wyoming is an interesting hypothetical. If that is your one loss, cause you're right. The Alabama win means a whole lot more, but I think at that point, I don't know if it matters what else is happening in terms of a uh, zero or one loss teams, but uh, yeah, Texas would still have a very good shot there. Thanks to everybody who is weighing in on the YouTube's comment line. YouTube's comment line, YouTube comments line. There we go. There's the uh, proper uh, 
proper pluralization. And uh, that includes Rocky Mountain Frenchie. Preseason rankings don't matter. Just win and everything else is taken care of. Completely agreed, Rocky Mountain Frenchie. That is why we try to take these preseason rankings and All-American teams with a very large grain of salt. But it's also our job to talk about these things, too. So we're happy to do so. For sure. All right. Before we get into this moral debate that has taken the Internet by storm, dude, I, I am so uncomfortable right now. I'm back to the back to the folding chair. You know what? I'm actually I'm moving this. I am literally on my knees on the carpet in my room right now for the rest of the show because it's more comfortable than any chair that I have here. Thankfully, you don't have that problem, Trey. Yeah, BK, is it embarrassing to admit that I'm considering getting not just a stand-up desk, but a stand-up desk that has a treadmill below me just to uh, (laughs) make sure that I'm getting some steps in while you and I are chopping it up from 12 to 1 or maybe those hours extend at some point in the near future because I am strongly considering that right now. And if I decide to do that, I'm sure that Relax the Back can offer something. I know that they have stand-up desks. It's a matter of whether they offer the treadmill below that. Is that an embarrassing admission by me? You're too young for that. That feels like an old people thing, right? The olds, they'll be sitting on the couch and they'll have that mini elliptical thing, that little foot pedal that they'll be using to uh, improve circulation and get a quote-unquote workout in. It feels like an old person thing to be doing what you're doing. Well, unfortunately, I've had to go through some old person routines over the last 15 plus years now because, like many, I deal with a bad back. Thankfully, Relax the Back has been there the entire time. I have talked about the excellent chair that I get to sit in each and every day, most comfortable chair in my house that Relax the Back provided for the Mullet Open a couple years ago. My brother won it. I paid him a couple hundred bucks in the process, best 200 bucks I've spent on a piece of furniture. But I do have a bunch of massage tools in my house. People have questioned the legitimacy of that. Let me show you one of the massage tools that I got from Relax the Back. This is called the S-Curve. and there it you is. Go all about helping to massage the back. You get good leverage on the front and you find those pinpoints on the back. I'm on the shoulder blade right now. That is a chronic issue for me, unfortunately. You can go mid-back. I got it in the mid-back area, dealing with more thoracic spine issues recently. Thanks a lot, spine. And then you can even go like all the way down to the sacrum, which is just below the glute. Mm. Yeah, that's... That's the stuff right there. God. That is thanks to a tool, a massage tool that I found many years ago at Relax the Back, and it still comes in as handy as just about anything. They've got so many different things to help you relax your back, whether it's furniture, whether it's massage tools, or plenty of other items. You just got to pay them a visit to find out for yourself. I think we just lost like 15 viewers by you doing that and making all of those weird sounds. Hey, look, people don't put enough emphasis in loosening their sacrums. I didn't know what that was until a minute ago, and I kind of still wish I didn't know what that was right now. Oh, man. Thanks to Relax the Back. Yeah, I've got to get in contact with them as soon as I get back up to Austin because I am hurting down here for sure. All right, thanks to Relax the Back for joining us. A shout-out also to 7-Eleven for jumping on board here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. 7-Eleven is your go-to convenience store to get you through the summer. They've got the snacks, you know, the nachos, the candy bars, the ice cream. They've got the drinks. They've got coffee in the morning. They've got Gatorade. They've got the Big Gulps. They've got the Slurpees. And they've got everything you need to get you through the summer. Also, a ton of 7-Elevens have gas as well, so you can fuel up your car. You can fuel up your body at 7-Eleven. Go say what's up to our guy Ashish, who runs the show at the Monterey Oaks location down south. Even if you can't make it to that one, just go to 7-Eleven, show your support, and get you set for the summer. Okay. Okay, real quick before we get to the big internet debate, JSDTX says, I'm concerned about Sark's bragging. He's giving the opposing team a lot of board fodder. So I understand what you're saying there, JSDTX, but I feel like there is maybe a slight difference in your framing of things versus what Sark is saying. I think Sark is speaking confidently without being disrespectful to his opponents in a manner 
where it becomes bulletin board material. And you need to have that confidence about you in order to accomplish great things. Maybe some wish he would be a little bit more reserved, but I have no issues with him speaking confidently about the current roster, just how good he feels about it versus these last couple of years, and also uh, stating their goals out loud. That's that's a, That can actually be a good thing versus something that works against you. Yeah, I'm trying to think like what exactly would constitute as bragging from Steve Sarkeesian. Like You're right, he is talking with some confidence right now, and he is kind of laying out the goals for his team this year, but I don't know if I would consider that bragging, right? Like, I don't, I don't think he's like talking trash about any of Texas's opponents. I don't think he's talking trash about anybody in the big 12 or anybody in the state of Texas. Like just feels like more of like a, no, you know, we we're confident in what we have and I feel good about the guys in our room trying to build up their confidence as well. Like you were talking about, I think it's more of that than being braggadocious right now. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but maybe uh, JSDTX is not alone. That doesn't concern – if Texas struggles this year, it ain't going to be because Sark is quote-unquote bragging right now. It'll be a number of different reasons that will cause the Longhorns to fall short of their expectations. And there's where the framing differences to there, BK. Like, I, I haven't heard anything that I actually consider to be bragging. Like, there's a difference in speaking with confidence versus bra- being braggadocious about something. Agreed. Okay, Trey, the internet is in shambles once again. We've got crazy debates with people taking sides in this moral quandary. This is something that actually popped up two years ago on Reddit, but has recently been revived in a subreddit. And once again, people all over social media have been talking about this, weighing in on what they believe. So here we go. Here's the story. And I want to get your thoughts on whether or not you would be okay with your significant other making this request. Here's the post from Reddit. My wife has a terminal disease. She is projected to live at most nine months. I am, of course, destroyed. We've been together for a decade. I don't remember life without her, and I don't know what I'm going to do when she's gone. I've been doing my best to make the last days of her life good and grant whatever wish I can. That's the beginning part. No No problems there. Here's where heartbreaking story so far. Heartbreaking story, but here's where it gets very interesting. Recently, she sat me down and told me that one of the last things she wanted to do was have sex with a previous partner of hers. Hmm. I, of course, was shocked when I asked why the F she wants to do that. So basically, she thinks that her most physically compatible, satisfying lover was him. She gave a whole monologue about sex sometimes, it's just physical and how emotionally fulfilling sex is with me, but it was bullshit to get to that point. So now I'm left with this. Deny my dying wife a wish for my own ego, or let her go F another man who she feels was better. Honestly, I'm so pissed off and betrayed that she asked this of me. I feel like I'm put in a position because I have to say yes because she is dying. Generally speaking, it's probably wrong to dump somebody who has one foot in the grave, especially if you feel as strongly about that person as this dude does. But as soon as she makes that admission, it's kind of time for you to start moving on with your life too. You dump the broad. You dump her? You dump her. Absolutely. You still remain friendly with her. You can still be there for her over her final nine months, but it's time for you to move on also. I mean, maybe she needs to get everything off of her chest near the end and she's certainly doing that but that doesn't require you to stick around and serve as her cuck during that time bk have enough self-respect to say you know what i totally respect the wish that you have right now i want you to go do this however you and i need to actually be apart a little bit more now so i can start moving on with my life too since uh you are moving on at the end of yours Mm. Just a quick divorce then as she's dying of a terminal disease. Open relationship, if nothing else. You know how much, mm, boy, this is not going to come across uh, good coming out of my mouth right now, nor was what I just said. But do you know how well you are going to be able to do on the single scene, throwing out that your dying wife granted you access to an open relationship in part because she wanted the open relationship too? That's a story that your potential partner is going to get to tell down the road as well. 
Mm. I mean, that's just incredible pickup fodder, in my opinion. Do you tell the girl how you got to that point, that she didn't think I was good enough in bed, so she wanted to sleep with someone else, and that's why we're in an open relationship? Yeah, I was thinking about that as I was just spewing words, and you definitely hide that if you can. Yeah, you don't tell women the truth. You just say, like, she's, you know, we've been with one another for so long. She just wants to sow her oats a little bit right before she kicks the bucket. And so here I am. Mm. Yeah, no, you don't tell anyone that. You don't tell women the truth. That's how you stay single all of these years. If that's your goal, you just keep lying over and over again, and it works out incredibly well. So, yeah, you can't tell the woman you're trying to pick up that she started this and this was her idea because she didn't think you were good enough in the sack. Uh, or, or you say, or you say, I just got divorced, or I just separated from my wife, and we found out that she only has nine months to live. I'm pretty crestfallen right now. Mm-hmm. Want to turn me up? Yeah, I like. <laughs> wonder if that works. I might try that. Yeah, just make up a total story about that happening to me. But I kind of like that. I'm gonna borrow your wedding ring and uh, and go to the bars on Sixth Street and see if I can uh, share that story and get some action because of it. Where do you fall on this one, BK? Uh, I'm with you. I mean, I drop her off at his house, move her shit while she's there, and then lock her out. (laughs) So I'm not telling her that we're done. I am basically showing her that we're done. I'm like, yeah, I'll drop you off, and hey, I'll come pick you up here in a little bit. And no, when she's done, I'm done. I'm not there, and she can't go back to the house. She's out. So you're completely done with her then. You're not going to be there during her dying days to uh, to say your goodbyes or to help out in some way, shape, or form. If there's a pillow around, make those dying days happen a little sooner. You know what I mean? Just let her go. We don't need to commit murder here. She's going to be gone before too long. Well, I want the life insurance payout. Mm. Now I'm thinking about that. See, that's what I'm worried about with the divorce, you know? Like, do I still get the... The money. Do I still get her half of anything? Like, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know what their financial situation was, but just thinking out loud here, would I be able to cash in on her dying? Because that's that's what I'm looking for. Man, most uh, most people who do the Make-A-Wish bit, they go to like Disneyland or meet John Cena or something. She's taking it to a completely different level. Mm. Now I wonder if she's actually dying or if she's just pretending so she can go sleep with somebody and this is her elaborate ploy to make that thing happen. That would be very George Costanza-esque of her to go to these lengths just to sleep with somebody else. Yeah. But all of a sudden there's a miracle cure nine months down the road and she convinces dude to take her back because he provides some sort of financial security. Right? Yeah. I don't know. You get a whole pass though, right? Like if she's doing this, then you you get the whole pass while she's still alive. Oh, obviously, think, yeah, yeah. Obviously, when she's dead, then okay. Well, you know that's up to you. But if she gets this opportunity to have a whole pass, because that's basically what it is, right? They're still together. She's still alive, and she's gonna feel very alive at this point if she goes back to this old dude. You should get the opportunity to to sleep with somebody else, right? At the very least, you're in an open relationship going forward. Yeah, man. At, at the very least. But if you really feel that strongly about her, you need to completely separate yourself from that person. It's she, be just tough, broke, though. she just broke your heart. It's got to be tough because it's, you know, had someone this guy's talking about that he loves very much. You know, it's just like leaving her as she's dying. She's given him clearly some good memories over the years. Like, is it just that easy to up and leave? For me, it is. I don't have a heart. All right? I'm a piece of shit. So I don't, I'm not worried about that at all. But for someone who's been in a long-term marriage like that, you know, what do you what do you do? Like I, I, I kind of see both sides. I know what you would do. I know what I would do. And I think the majority of people would be on our side here. They'd just be pissed off, like oh, she's cheating on me, basically. So we're done. This relationship is over. But I get his side of kind of being in a moral dilemma here. You know, while we're on the subject of open relationships, swinging, cheating on your partner, whatever else, I have a question for the people out there. I don't know if anybody who is watching on YouTube and and can comment can confirm or deny this, but I keep hearing from people. This is information being volunteered to me, by the way. I'm not looking for myself and my wife, but I keep hearing from people that Pflugerville has a huge swingers community. Pflugerville, very unassuming Pflugerville, but apparently Pflugerville 
as a an enormous swingers slash open relationship community. So mm. can you confirm or deny that if you live in or around Pflugerville, please? I can't confirm that once we're done, I'm going to call the apartment that I did book, cancel that booking, and look into places in Pflugerville. That's what can be confirmed right now. I actually have a buddy who's in your uh, similar position where he is single and started getting invited to swingers parties going on around the city. Wow. Like fully engaged. And it is, uh, I didn't realize that eyes wide shut world existed in central Texas, but apparently it does. How does that work? If you're a single guy, like do you have to swing both ways when you're there. And you, you don't just- have you don't have to necessarily. There is a level of respect that is apparently uh, present amongst all the participants, but it might also be encouraged. Hmm. But hey, you know, you you went through your verbal elephant walk this morning. I think that you could get comfortable <laughs> with that pretty quickly. No, I didn't go through that actually. <laughs> Nobody did. No one knows what you're talking about because it didn't happen. No I'm sorry, you before. you and Bucky and Zay and Chip were just giving one another a lot of love. And, it, you know, it, it felt intimate. I felt like I was listening to an intimate moment amongst you guys listening on our uh, brand new Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Amazing. Amazing. All right, keep the comments coming. Uh, that's, that's a wild story. And, yeah, it's resurfaced. I guess it's from a couple of years ago, so maybe the woman is already dead. Oh, the original update then, please. Yeah, the original Reddit post was from two years ago, and it said the wife had eight to nine months to live. So that time has obviously elapsed. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see if uh, we need an update from that guy to see number one if he let it happen, number two what he did in response to it happening, and number three if uh, she gone. She gone. Okay. Before we get back into sports, some more love. To some more sponsors, Trey, audio, visual consultations. Man, college football starts next Saturday. Of course, the Longhorns are two weeks from Saturday, but we'll actually have some college football games next weekend. means it's the perfect time to call our buddy Tom McKay over there at audio, visual consultations. That's right, BK. I had actually had Tom McKay and his daughter Camilla over last night to record for the ESPN Austin radio show. Part six of a seven-part chat that we've conducted all summer is going to happen on 1027 ESPN this Friday night. It's hilarious uh, getting to go back and forth with them, hearing their unique back and forth as a father and daughter. And uh, we don't really talk a whole lot of shop, but I could see just how busy Tom McKay was because he was having to answer text before and also during the recording. That's because business is booming for audiovisual consultations right now. The word is out. People understand just how good of a job they do. And they also recognize that now is the time to spruce up that home theater setup. Uh, or maybe you're a place of business and you want to add some televisions and some audio to go along with it to uh, make sure that people are around for football games on Saturdays and Sundays. And oh, by the way, just a month and a half later, the NBA season gets going, NHL gets going, college hoops happen soon after that. Now is the time. And audiovisual consultations would love to help you out. First, go to abconsultations.com to see all the different services they can provide for you. Once you decide on that service, you're going to give Tom a call at 512-255-8678 for audio-visual consultations. Yes, indeed. And a shout-out to our friends over at CentexTickets.com. If you're looking for tickets to any sporting event throughout the year, go to CentexTickets.com. College football, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, MLS, it doesn't matter. They've got it all. On site at CentexTickets.com. All of their tickets are 100% guaranteed. You don't have to worry about scams. You don't have to worry about scalping tickets right outside the arena before game time. Now, get your tickets online from the comfort of your own home with CentexTickets.com. Concert tickets, Broadway shows, Formula One, everything. It's not just sports. They've got everything you need right there on site at CentexTickets.com. Trey, I'm giving you the floor here. We've got some college football slash NIL conversations to get into. You were telling me before the show today, you had a couple of different angles. You could take this thing, so fire away. Yes, we are going to start on the NIL and paying of college athletes side of things. BK, Congress, and the NCAA continue to bicker over the proper way to deal with the changing landscape of NIL with 
federal legislation. Meanwhile, some groups that I would consider to be the trailblazers in this whole thing and also an important element to the paying of college athletes going forward for NIL and maybe even more continue to show that they have their shit more together than the NCAA or the universities themselves. That is because NIL collectives are starting to band together and actually form their own organization. And one of the end goals, BK, is revenue sharing. That's right. Figuring out a way to make sure that the huge amount of money that colleges are bringing in each and every year, specifically through college football, how to allow that to trickle down to those athletes who are as crucial to anybody with the project, uh, with the product being as good as it is. And this is something that you and I have talked about uh, for a little while now. It feels inevitable that college football is going to separate itself from the rest of college sports because so much more is on the line in way of money. I mean, we're talking about billions of dollars on the line, tens of millions for the schools who are in the best conferences, maybe a little bit less than that once you start getting into the lower conferences. But even though we are in a better place than we were five years ago, with these guys being able to profit off of name, image, and likeness, this whole thing is still not organized enough just yet. We can't count on the NCAA to do that. We know universities and athletics departments, as much as they may care for their student-athletes in a sense, are also still trying to protect themselves as well. So leave it to the collectives, those uh, likely alumnus of their the school that they represent who maybe have business degrees or law degrees or understand the inner workings of a business like this are saying, look, we need to figure out a way to allow these guys who are putting their bodies, their long-term health on the line to play this sport. We need to make sure we're hooking them up in the present and possibly the future too. Do the universities want to do that? That's my biggest question, right? Because they want all of that money for the universities. They use money from football, from all college sports, but football is obviously the sport that brings in the most money. They use that not only for sports, they use that for academics and a bunch of other stuff around the university. So it's going to be tough because I feel like the universities are going to have to sign off on something like this. I have a hard time believing they're going to be willing to give up some of the money that's coming to them in an effort to make this thing happen. Yeah, no, look, you're right about that. And this this may end up turning into a little bit of a battle, but I feel like it's also a losing fight for these schools to try and continue to push this down. That's because these collectives are hugely important and not just paying the athletes, mind you, but also keeping money coming into the coffers of the athletics departments themselves and the schools at large. And as uh, was reported in Yahoo by Ross Dellinger, The Collective Association, or TCA, is a group of seven of the richest donor-led collectives in the country, and they are preparing to take that next step in the conversation. While college administrators squabble over legislation around NIL, leaders of the TCA are focused on what many believe is the next solution of athlete compensation, revenue sharing. They actually presented a rev-sharing model to the SEC and NCAA officials last week in separate meetings, which illustrates the urgency for answers from high-ranking figures within college athletics. The proposal is merely a general framework of a plan that calls for using television network money to compensate athletes. According to the proposal, which was shared with Yahoo Sports, a portion of the television revenue distributed to conferences would be directed to a designated collective at each member school in equal shares. The collective would then distribute the money to school's athletes, using its status as a third party as a way to avoid triggering athlete employment, although ultimately they're going to be considered athletes too, at least as far as the college football players are concerned. This is coming down the pike, and I think this is going to be one of the big reasons why you see more of a delineation between the haves and have-nots in college football, specifically the SEC, the Big Ten. Is there another conference that gets included there? And then everybody else, because so much money is going to be on the line, especially once they rework what that that expanded college football playoff looks like starting in 2026. So what would this be? Would this be a school-by-school school thing? It wouldn't be like uh, there's just a giant pot of money that goes to the NCAA or goes to the conferences and then they split it. It would be whatever the school and that collective brings in and whatever the school brings in, like that is how they would split the revenue. Would this be uh, yeah, individual school or would this be like a total everybody's got to have the same kind of thing? 
Everybody's got to have the same in terms of the t- a portion of the TV revenue that your conference is being bringing in. So that's already kind of in place right now in terms of how much is being guaranteed to uh, Big Ten schools and obviously SE schools too once these new media rights deals uh, kick in. So it's just going to create, I think, more of a separation between the true power two in college football and everybody else, because even the big 12, which worked a great deal for itself after Texas and Oklahoma left the conference, you're still getting at the very least 20 million less than what big 10 schools are. And I believe that sec number goes up by another 10 to 20 million too. So while obviously 30 plus million dollars is a lot of money, it's also a lot less than 50 million or 60 million or 70 million that will be dispersed amongst the uh, the schools in the SEC and Big Ten conferences. That's well said. And I think you're dead on about this being another separator, right, between the haves and the have nots, because we're already seeing it with NIL money. Like, guys want to go where they get paid. That's not a college only thing. You see it in professional sports too. Whoever is offering the most money slash the best deal is where a lot of these athletes want to go. And if they've got a chance to make more money playing at a place like the University of Texas or a place like A&M versus going to, you know, one of those other conference schools, then they're going to take it. They're going to take it. That's going to be another separator. That's going to be another recruiting pitch that these schools can use. It's like, hey, because we're in this conference, our school gets more money, but that money gets passed along to you because of this new revenue sharing thing. So, yeah, if this all does happen, you're right. This is another benefit to the big schools out there and another frustrating thing if you're a fan of a smaller program because there's not going to be a whole lot you can do if uh, your school's not in one of the big two or three wherever we get to conferences i think that it ultimately benefits them too because they're actually going to have a realistic chance to win a national championship within their respective division but that also remains to be seen one other story along those lines bk sportico is a great website that covers the business of college sports They just conducted a poll with the Harris poll that asked the general public about the paying of college athletes and whether they should be able to receive direct compensation from their school. Now, any guesses as to how many people, what percentage of people asked believe that schools should be paying college athletes directly? Because let's remember, One of the narratives that we continue to hear from the NCAA and these universities and the heads of athletics departments is, well, we can't, we still can't ruin the sanctity of amateur athletics. Even though these guys are getting paid in a lot of cases now, we still have to be careful to protect the fragile nature of amateur athletics. What percentage of people do you think believes that schools should be paying these athletes directly? These are just random people who are asked here. Random people on the streets. What percentage of people? I would say mm, 45%. It's a fair guess. Two-thirds of those asked believe that college athletes should receive direct compensation from their school. Close to that number also believes that athletes should be considered employees of the university too. 64%. And... 59%, which is obviously over half, believe that these college athletes should be able to collectively bargain as a labor union. So, again, this is one poll that asked 2,018 respondents. So, it's not the biggest number necessarily, but it is over 2,000 people. We're pretty, uh, pretty in consensus with regards to our in majority at the very least that college athletes should be paid directly from the school should probably be considered university employees and probably need some sort of union fighting on their behalf too. Are you in favor of all three of those things? I think that all three absolutely make sense. Yes. Like let's stop beating around the bush here. Like we've gotten more of this over the table, but let's stop acting like schools aren't finding ways through intermediaries to pay guys to come to the university either as recruits or as transfers. And there's obviously more glaring examples than others. Like you want to look at the best example of it. Just look at what Miami has done over these last few years and the talent that they're plucking from all over the country and the name of a six figure life lock contracts or uh, whatever other 
uh, whatever other program that their biggest donors are a part of. So you are just bringing more of this above the table by doing that. And at some point, these college athletes do need something more arguing on their behalf. While I think unions can be a bad thing given too much power, unions also provide a sort of power to the people that has kept corporations from exploiting their labor and their usage to pretty ridiculous degrees throughout human history, but especially over the last 120 plus years uh, throughout the history of the United States, that it can be a good thing too. So any one of these sides having too much power is extremely bad for the product on the whole, but certainly bad for that other side. So I think there needs to be a little bit of a give and take there. And I think that a union representing these college athletes would provide a sort of check and balance that does uh, even things out just a little bit more. I agree. A couple of comments real quick, just the next step for college football turning into minor league football. Yeah. I mean, it always kind of has been, but now from a business sense, uh, it really does feel like it. How about this from Tanner? How close are we to an NIL holdout? That's interesting. That could really spearhead that conversation and what you're talking about, creating some sort of union. If these players across various sports, but namely football players from around the country, get together and basically decide that, hey, we're we're holding out here until we have something more fair, more equitable, something that takes care of all of us a little bit more than what we have right now, and we're not playing until we do, that obviously would open a big-time can of worms and would make something get done, though, for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, the NCAA and uh, the universities need to get their shit together because otherwise, I don't think it is something that will happen in the short term, like the next couple of years. But if this drags on for too long, that, that option is absolutely on the table. And that would suck for all of us to lose part or the entirety of a college football season. Because these universities that are making tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, are still trying to hold out to continue to line their coffers that much more versus hooking up the guys that are uh, majorly responsible for their ability to make that sort of money. Anyhow, yeah. uh, one, one more story real quick from college football, BK, before we get to where are we at in society. Well, 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 fans of the Big Ten, welcome to what the Big 12 has been dealing with these last few years. Apparently, BK... Big Ten fans are pissed after the conference released part of its TV schedule for the upcoming season. Mm -hmm. Remember, the Big Ten has a major presence on Fox, obviously, but they also have a presence on Peacock, which is not network television. It is a streaming service, and people are ticked because conference matchups are happening on Peacock, some matchups which uh, folks believe have enough of a luster that it should be on major network television. And I'm speaking specifically, no, not Rutgers at Wisconsin. Put every Rutgers game on Peacock if you can. <laughs> Dude, don't even put those on Peacock. Like We don't need to watch those. It'll leave them off TV. Yeah, that's probably pretty fair. But how about uh, Michigan State at Iowa? That game is going to be on Peacock on September 30th. Oh, I, that's fine. I don't want to watch Iowa offense on TV, so that that game can be relegated there. Every Iowa game could also be off TV, and I don't think I'd care too much. Iowa Northwestern on Peacock. We already know how you feel about that one. Minnesota at Purdue. We also have Illinois at Maryland. An Ohio State game is going to end up on Peacock when they host Maryland. Hey, so, yeah. I I've got Peacock, so it's all good, okay? Oh, I, I use can. my friend's login, so I have Peacock, so we're fine, all right? Oh, that's great, but Big Ten people are pissed. Guess what, folks? This is just the beginning. You will eventually see ranked matchups on Peacock, like what eventually happened in the Big 12. There have been ranked matchups each of these last two football seasons Good ranked matchups in a couple of cases, too, that people had to go to freaking ESPN Plus to get to. Now, most of us have ESPN Plus at this point. Perhaps we were forced to do so because our stupid conference agreed to that deal. But this is just the beginning. Right now, you're shoving Maryland and Rutgers on most of those Peacock games. Eventually, there will be better matchups that find their way to the Peacock streamer. Is this the year where the Big Ten is on CBS, too? Do I have that right? Bucky and I were talking about it, and that's what he was saying, and I just kind of assumed he was right, which is a horrible idea by me. 
But does that start this year where the SEC is more ESPN and the Big Ten is CBS? No, I believe that starts next year. I believe that starts when Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC and they move most everything to ESPN. I think that's when the Big Ten starts the uh, starts the CBS rotation. But this year, their primary channel is Fox. For instance, uh, yep. Michigan at Nebraska is the big noon kickoff on September 30th. Is that really a big noon kickoff? Or are you just kind of shitting on the idea, Fox, by putting that game there? Ohio State and Purdue is the uh, big noon kickoff on Fox on October 14th. So, no, the uh, Big Ten is still with Fox for one more season. All right, very good. Before we get to where we at in society, a few more sponsor shout-outs here. Shout-out to my friends at the Altstadt Brewery. Altstadt Beer, German beer made here, the best beer that you can find all throughout the state of Texas, whether you're in Austin, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, it does not matter. You can find Altstadt Beer wherever you buy your beer all over the great state. Texas. It's brewed in Fredericksburg, right in the heart of the beautiful central Texas hill country, but it's easy to find, and they've got so many different brews, something for every beer drinker out there. We're talking about award-winning beers, too. It's not just some guy on a YouTube show telling you about the greatness of Altstadt. No, people who get paid to drink beer for a living are telling you how good Altstadt is as well. Pick up a six-pack the next time you're at the store. It is Altstadt beer, no impurities, no regrets. And Top Gun, lawn and equipment rentals. Our buddy Brandon Mars over there, man, if if you have anything you need to get done at your house, at your place of business, and you need equipment, reach out to Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals. They obviously will rent you equipment. If you want to buy stuff, you could do that as well. They are Austin's number one source for supplies, and they've been that way since 1996. Two Austin area locations, one up north in Anderson Square, one down south on South 1st. Topgun.net, we will shoot you straight. And one more shout out to Woods Comfort Systems. If the AC in your home isn't uh, doing what you want it to do, I'm sorry, number one. Number two, you got to call Woods Comfort Systems. Let them come to your place and repair your AC so you don't have to go through these triple-digit days dying inside your house. Woods Comfort Systems, they've been around for six decades. They are dedicated to keeping you comfortable in your home all year long. They do HVAC. They also have plumbing services as well. Check them out online woodscomfortsystems.com. All right, as we do to wrap up every Midday with Trey and BK program, it is now time for... Where are we at in society today? That's right, BK. It is your daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will give you a story that provides a sense of optimism that has us all saying to ourselves, hey... Maybe we as a people are figuring something out. Perhaps all is not lost, but sadly, today is not that day. We start in the dark world of bestiality today, BK. Do you know what bestiality is? Yeah, isn't that a class they teach at A&M? Or maybe an entire major, like a whole course plan? Fire up the Kali video, please, on Uh-oh. that note. Talking AM and possible animal relations. Yeah, which Aggie is hooking up with that guy, dog guy thing? <laughs> is all of them a possible answer? <laughs> uh, it does look like Reveille a little bit, so maybe. Yes, it does. Well, sadly, this next story does involve dogs, too. No word on whether they are Texas A&M alumnus. But we go to Queensland, Australia, where a couple has been charged after allegedly engaging in a series of sex acts involving dogs. Mm. Crystal May, this is a real last name, according to this New York Post article, whore. Crystal May Hoare. What? How do you spell that? H-O-A-R-E. Okay. Yeah, I'd pronounce that whore. Good job. Way to go, whore. <laughs> now she's really living up to her last name then, huh? Age 37. Uh, and J. Wade, last name not nearly as cool, Veenstra, 28, are charged with five counts each of bestiality. The Courier Mail is reporting that the charges were mentioned for the first time in court earlier this week. 
Police will allege that the incidents, which they also allege involved two dogs, were captured on video. PK, what is the first and second rule of bestiality? I don't know. Don't do it and don't do it. That's what they should be. (laughs) It was a trick question, but you passed the test. Yes, those are the first two rules of bestiality. What is the next rule of bestiality after you get past repeating those first two rules a thousand times? Don't film it. Don't video yourself banging an animal, you dumbass. Ugh, gross. The incidents allegedly took place on October 18th, 2021, as well as on March 19th, May 17th, June 6th, and October 25th, 2022. Following their arrest, the couple were granted bail while being held at a watch house facility. And they remain on bail following brief court proceedings earlier this week. Fortunately, I guess, we do not have details of these sort of sex acts that these sickos, Hor and Veenstra, were engaging in. But just disgusting people. Remember the first thousand rules of bestiality. Don't do it. Remember the thousand first. If you are so sick that you feel the need to do it, do not video yourself doing so. You are going to get caught. Kind of dogs. Doesn't give us the kind of dog. I do kind of wish I knew that answer. I don't. I'm good. You you shared enough details. You shared more than enough details. I don't need to know anything else about these creeps. Look, it is wrong to the nth degree regardless of the breed, but I think there are also levels of wrong too like if you're doing it to a wiener dog that's probably a little bit more wrong than doing it with one of bucky's sheep dogs i I, i'm leaving you out on an island here i'm not joining you on this conversation and i'm not even throwing you a life raft dude you're you're screwed here you're dying by yourself out there right now (laughs) god dude Ugh. Gross. All right. One more story, BK. Although we are past the top of the hour, we can do that if we want to. We're not uh, bound by any arcane radio rules right now. Until Monday. Then Monday, we're going to get kicked off for Chip and Zay. Well, here's the thing. There's going to be some sort of crosstalk crossover happening on Monday. They just may have to uh, sit with us for uh, for the d- disgusting nature of where we at in society. This one's not so disgusting, though. Thank God. Did you realize... That the wife beater is making a comeback amongst Gen Z. You know what a wife beater is, right? Yeah, Ray Rice. I had a feeling you were going there. That is a wife beater. <laughs> Do you know what the article of clothing referred to as a wife beater is? Yeah, yeah, of course. The little white tank top looking thing, but it's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. The, uh, the white tank top undershirt, essentially. Well, people are all about the wife beater uh, once again, Gen Z that is, but they're also making it known that it's no longer allowed to be referred to as the wife beater. So the term wife beater is apparently in the process of getting canceled, at least if Gen Z has their way. Way to go, Pistorius. I guess that was more of a wife murderer than a wife beater. I don't know if that's an article of clothing, is it? I had not heard that name in a while. That one went over my head at first. Uh, Good pull there, though. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Good dude. You want to know what they're trying to call the wife beater now, which makes me want to find a Gen Zer and have a good stern talking to with them? Uh, Yeah, tell me. The wife pleaser. (laughs) No way. Yeah. Seriously? That's serious. They're trying to change the name wife beater to wife pleaser. So it's the same exact article of clothing. They're just calling it the wife pleaser now. This is just like, I don't know. I don't know when it happened. This is just like when they went from Indian style to crisscross applesauce. Like if you're that desperate to change the name, one, find something better or just abolish the act altogether. If you're that desperate, you're that afraid of the 
ironic. Maybe it's not so ironic because a lot of guys who wore this shirt back in the day were also wife beaters. But if you are that upset by the name wife beater, just don't wear one. Just let somebody else wear it. Stop trying to stop trying so hard to change language because something is that you consider flagrant and really isn't all that offensive if you have half a brain or think about it, but you consider it to be so. Just stay away from that world. Yeah, I believe we call it guardian style. That's what you were looking for there. Guardian. Uh, oh, I like that. Yeah. Or indigenous people's style. Commander style. Commander style or football team style. Uh, whatever. Any of those apply. The wife beater. Yeah. I... Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> What's going on back there? Shit out of me. <laughs> I mean, I can't top that. Nothing I was going to say is a better way to end the show than that. Everything good would just fell down there. Maybe Vivi is alive and well, thankfully. God. I saw you messing with that earlier. and Whatever you did clearly did not work. There was a big shine on the cover of this book. I think it's a hilarious picture. It's Vivian, I think, age nine months or so. She's wearing one of those winter caps and her mom's Liz Taylor glasses. It's just a funny picture that I think provides a good background. Yeah. Ghosts in there or something. (laughs) It's about some ghosts who aren't very happy with my attempts to uh, keep the wife beater name around for that very tacky looking style. Mm. Wife pleaser. I like that. I'm moving to Pflugerville, and I'm going to call myself that. Here's the problem with that, BK. If you're wearing one of those, you're not pleasing your wife. No, she don't want to see you in that. You are very possibly a piece of trash who's only in it for himself. Yeah, unless you're like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, your wife doesn't want to see you in that. Okay, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he gets a pass. Jason Momoa also gets a pass. Brad Pitt gets a pass. There are a few people who get a pass out there. The Girl Scout cookie, Jason Samoa. All right. Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah, uh, sure. My favorite. Great job, Trey. You too. Jeez. What a show. That's going to conclude a Thursday edition of Midday with Trey and BK. Please like this video if you haven't yet. Subscribe to this channel if you haven't yet. We just passed 4K. Thank you all very much. Massive giveaway coming when we get to 5,000 subscribers. So continue to spread the word. Make sure you download the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app as well. It's in the App Store. It's in Google Play as well. I will be off tomorrow, tomorrow morning from 8 to 10. It'll be Bucky and Trey. And then during the midday from 12 to 1, it'll be Trey and Kevin. So keep it locked in. I will be back on Monday. Until then, thank you all so much for watching. Y'all stay safe. Y'all stay healthy. You're welcome.